0: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly.
1: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Say Metro by T-Mobile got the best deal in wireless and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly because Metro has two lines for 80 and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free. Plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be. Only at Metro a sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a 12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
2: Hello everyone. Welcome along to the Roadbirds Fantasy Football Beat podcast on Roadbirds Radio, brought to you by My Bookie as well as Draft. My name is Colm Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week on the Fantasy Football Beat, I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter to break down one of the biggest games of the week. On today's show, my guest is going to be Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times. We'll be discussing the Seahawks contest at the Tennessee Titans. Looking forward to discussing that, we'll be breaking down the key players and the key matchups that we expect to decide the game. We'll be talking about that Seahawks offensive line, the struggles with the running game, what to expect from the team this week, as well as the Titans, Marcus Mariota and what they have done so far and their progression over the last couple of seasons. After I talk with Bob, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive a little bit deeper into those games from a fantasy football perspective. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. And you can find all that and more at rotovis.com. As I mentioned on today's show we're talking Seahawks at Titans and this is a game I'm really looking forward to. It is the reason I picked this game obviously this week to dive a little bit deeper into. I think it's going to be a fascinating contest. It does have one of the lowest uh, totals of the week 42.5 as the over under this week. The Seahawks unusually for them but on the road it can be a tougher perspective for them as we'll talk about in a little moment and uh, they are three-point underdogs heading to face the Titans. They are plus one thirty on the money line, and the Titans are minus one fifty. So those odds, courtesy of MyBookie, and that is the bookmaker that I do use. I've said that on the last two shows. I've uh, really enjoyed their service. Customer service is top notch. Great mobile app. Great live in-game betting, and some of the best perks in the business for their players as they try and reward them. Another reward that you get if you sign up to a new MyBookie account and uh, use my promo code RotoBeat. That is RotoBeat at MyBookie.ag. They will match your deposit with. up to a 100% bonus. So 100% on top of your cash that you deposit. So making money straight off the bat, we're heading into week three, a perfect time to uh, make a little money as the season progresses. I've got a little added bonus as well to tell you about. Uh, If you do sign up to my bookie using that code ROTOBEAT, forward us that confirmation to rotovizradio at gmail.com and you'll be entered into a drawing for a Rotoviz Athletic Jacket. Uh, these are for all the Rotovis uh, writers, contributors. And uh, they've been sent out to us. I'm looking forward. I can't wait to get mine as it is shipped out. They look absolutely awesome. And uh, we're doing that drawing, as I mentioned, for that exclusive Rotoviz merchandise. So if you do sign up, forward that confirmation again to rotobusradio at gmail.com. And uh, you'll be entered into that drawing. And the winner will be announced on an upcoming show. So make sure to get involved in that. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to get some sweet, sweet merch. So I mentioned my thoughts, the odds on the games there, as I mentioned, courtesy of mybookie.ag. But when we look into it, I'm going to dive in deeper now. No better person to do that with than Bob Kandada. Bob is one of the best beat reporters uh, on the NFL scene. There is no doubt about that. So let's get Bob in the show, see what he says. I'm very curious to see his thoughts on some of these questions I've lined up for him. So well, let's just jump straight into that now. like to be joined now on the podcast by Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times. We're going to be talking about the Seahawks traveling to face the Titans this week. Both teams one-on-one as we head in to week three. It's, uh, it's been an interesting start to the season for both teams, and both teams in different conferences, obviously, and uh, heading and looking like uh, at the start of the season, they could be teams that we could be having a, a deep playoff run. Uh, obviously, starting with the Seattle Seahawks, Bob, what uh, have you thought has gone right so far for the team this se- uh, season? Obviously, they lost to the Packers. They won last week. What uh, has been the key point so far for for the Seahawks after two weeks?
1: Um, well, the offense has not been very good, and the defense has been has been really good. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, the the defense has has certainly played uh, back despite what the stats may show. I I think the defense has has essentially played to the level that uh, it typically has obviously week one, uh, a tough game, you know, a tough setting against green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, And they gave up a couple of plays there, but they were on the field an awful lot because the offense wasn't moving the ball. And then last week, the defense really, you know, they gave up one play um, kind of some new guys on the, on the defensive line on that play when Carlos Hyde had the 61 yard run, but, if you take that out um you know the the stats they really shut them down and they held the 49ers like 3.4 yards or or something like that and uh um you know and and no passing at all really so you know they sort of look like they're they're back to themselves in those regards on de- on defense the, the big thing is has been the offense and getting the offense going a little bit more. And obviously the offensive line, the most criticized uh, um, sports unit in in Seattle right now, the offensive line. And, and, you know, I think maybe we're going to have a change there this week with Odeo Bushi probably starting at right guard in place of Mark Golinski to see if they can uh, uh, maybe get a better, a better five, some working up there. And, you know, Bushi has played some against the Titans in the past. So uh, they feel like maybe that experience will help them as well since, uh, you know, Tennessee does some unique things on, on defense. So, uh, you know, they got to get the offensive line going a little bit to have that open up running game give Russell Wilson some more time to throw uh, you know Russell's been under pretty constant pressure that's certainly impacted his uh, I think that's impacted his play and the receivers got to play better too you know they had five drop passes last week and um, you know so it wasn't all just Russell it wasn't all just you know, the, the, the line I think the entire you know I think just about everybody on offense sort of shares a, shares a little bit of responsibility for what's happened so far.
2: Yeah, and uh, looking at the injury report heading into week three, it's surprising, not surprising, but there is a lot of teams around the NFL that are already pretty banged up just two weeks into the season. The Seahawks uh, have a couple injuries. Uh, Some players who didn't practice at the start of the week. Some of these guys... Have come in and practiced. Obviously we're waiting for the Friday practice report uh, before we head in to the weekend's action. But uh, tight end Jimmy Graham has struggled this week with an ankle injury. Picked up in week two. Uh, Luke Jokel, a knee injury. Linebacker Terence Garvin out with a shoulder injury. So We'll see how he goes this week. Uh, cornerback Nico Thorpe, ankle. Defensive end Marcus Smith with an illness. Bobby Wagner with a thigh. We all know how important he is to this defense. And then uh, Doug Baldwin missed uh, some training early in the week with a personal issue. Of those guys, is there anything that you think won't suit up on Sunday or are you pretty confident that the majority of them uh, will be in the lineup this weekend?
1: Yeah, I think the only two to worry about there really are, um, are uh, Jimmy Graham and, uh, uh, Ter- and Nico Thorpe and maybe Terrence Garvin. Uh, Terrence Garvin is, you know, Michael Wilhoite's back and, and sort of started at that spot last week. So if Garvin comes back, it's great, but... Um, you know, that's not as pivotal as, as the others, and and, and Will Hoyt was sort of the, the starter at that spot um, going into camp, so um, the, the two to watch there, for sure, are Graham and Nico Thorpe. Uh, Graham did not practice the last two days, and uh, you know, if, I guess if I had to bet, uh, he's going to be limited, you know, maybe he gets out there and, and can sort of play somewhat, but if he doesn't practice all week, you know, usually that makes it a little bit difficult to go out and be your normal self on Sunday, but sometimes veterans can do that, so, you know, we'll see on, we'll see on Graham, uh, they'll probably classify that as a game time decision and see how he works out on Sunday and and go that route with him. And then Nico Thorpe suffered a pretty bad, uh, you know, looked pretty bad at the time uh, ankle injury on Sunday. He was carted off the field. And, uh, but it sounds like he's made a pretty quick recovery. He was walking around, uh, walking around yesterday practice and uh, without any, out anything on it. And, um, he's a really key special teams guy. Uh, you know, he's sort of the fifth corner, uh, when it comes to their cornerback play, but he's a really big special teams player plays, plays the gunner and, and all that. And that's sort of his, his key responsibility there. So that could, that could be something Tennessee has a good returner and a Dory Jackson. So, um, you certainly want your, your top special teams efforts out there. If you can, everybody else you mentioned was back yesterday. So, uh, on Thursday. So, um, I don't, you know, Wagner and I think a lot of those guys were just getting sort of rest days, but Doug obviously had something not even related to an injury that he missed a practice with. So, um, you know, I, I, think there's, I think there's really only those two guys, Jimmy Graham and Nico Thorpe to really worry about if you're a Seahawks fan. And then, and then Terrence Garvin, maybe as well, we'll, we'll see if they, if they decide whether they need him on Sunday or not.
2: On the Titan side of the ball then, Jonathan Ciprian uh, hasn't uh, practiced. Uh, we're waiting on that Friday report from them. Corey Davis is out, so that there's a big blow uh, with their number one or their number one draft pick this year missing. Uh, he had two nice uh, games over the first two weeks. And then DeMarco Murray, who uh, was limited last week in the game with a hamstring. Derek Henry had a big game. Uh, he practiced in a limited fashion on Friday, so he missed uh, the rest of the week. So we'll see how he uh, fits in as we go into the, the key matchups in a moment. Uh, there are also Eric Walden, the linebacker and Ty Smith, cornerback. Uh, they did practice on Thursday, so they should be good to go. Uh, if, uh, obviously, Corey Davis is out, that's going to help uh, the Seahawks. But DeMarco Murray, uh, were you impressed with what you've seen last week with uh, Derrick Henry? Would you be concerned uh, at all about, uh, you know, if the Titans don't have DeMarco, do you think uh, he's ready to, to fill that workload, Derrick Henry?
1: Um, I, I got to be honest, I, I don't follow the Titans as closely, obviously, as I do the Seahawks. I didn't really see their game a whole lot last week, just kind of trying to catch up on some on some highlight clips and stuff like that going into it. So I, I don't know if I can speak with incredible authority about about that. But from a Seattle standpoint, certainly Derrick Henry uh, opens their eyes. I mean, he's a huge guy. I, I think they list him at two forty seven. Maybe he's a little less than that. I um or, or maybe a little more. Who knows? <laughs> but um but that's a but you know that's that's a that's a big guy, and obviously, what teams with big running backs try to do. Is wear you down and you know that's what the, that's always been the Seahawks plan is it frustrates fans why you're running it so much in the first half well you do that to try to you know make the defense have to make tackle after tackle after tackle and then eventually in the second half um it's harder to make those tackles and especially against the big running back and, and I think that's I think that's what Tennessee was able to do last week I think what 87 of Henry's 92 yards came in the second half against Jacksonville when they really ran away with that game and so uh you know you get in the the the, the, the hot sun it'll be a three o'clock start um, in, in a place where, you know, it's been raining all week here in Seattle. So maybe it's a little hotter down there. Uh, I'm sure Tennessee is going to uh, just come trying to send Derek Henry after him again and again and again, but that's where, if you have two running backs, you know, it makes it easier to do that. So if DeMarco Murray isn't there, um, if you're putting all that work on Derek Henry, that, that, that changes uh, things a little bit there, no doubt. But uh um I, I think that is the Seattle's number one. Uh, they, the Seattle's running stats are really deceiving. Uh, you know, they've given up more than five yards per carry, but 61 of that, as I, I said earlier, was sort of one play where they had some busted assignments up front. And, um, you know, I think if you take that out, I think their running stats look fairly normal. But they did give up a few runs. Uh, you know, they gave up another run to um, uh, last week to Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, gave up a couple of key runs in the at the end of the Green Bay game. So, uh, you know, we'll see if Seattle's defensive front seven is really as good. Uh, you know, could, uh, this will be a really good test of that. You know, the Seahawks last year um by far had the best, you know, run per carry uh, average uh, on defense, you know, 3.4 yards per carry. And, uh, uh you know, they really took a lot of pride in, in their run defense and that it all starts there. So I, I you know, that probably is really the key, de- you know, Seattle defense versus Tennessee offense matchup here. And, you know, with Marcus Mariota being a, uh, you know, that changes things quite a bit to going against the mobile quarterback, the Seahawks haven't, uh, like all teams you know they struggle sometimes with that and they really haven't had a ton of experience lately going against mobile quarterbacks um you know they Colin Kaepernick late last season was able to do some things against them but uh you know this will be a really good test of that with what Mariota and Derrick Henry and how that all works together and and uh, you know how well the Seahawks can defend that
2: yeah and obviously then when we're looking at another key matchup obviously they're not going to face each other but the two offensive lines in this game we kind of you touched on it with a possible change coming up for the Seahawks this week uh I think it's a clear strength for the Titans. I would argue that they're probably in the top five offensive lines in the NFL at the moment. Taylor LeJuan, Jack Conklin keeping that unit very solid. They're helping protect Marcus Mariota. But it's obviously a concern for Seattle. Can this offensive line for Seattle this year make it to an above average or above average level just to keep Wilson Give him a bit of time?
1: I, that's a great question. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I'd be uh, reluctant to say I could specifically answer that yet. After just two games, um, you know, we'll see if Obusi can can change things, maybe give them a little bit more of uh, a veteran presence up there, at least, um, you know, Golinski, I think did struggle, uh, you know, the, the winning touchdown last week was sort of forced by uh, San Francisco. I think it was uh, Eric Armstead breaking through and, and forcing Russell out of the pocket. and Russell was able to do what he so often does is, is run away from it and find Paul Richardson for the touchdown, sort of a, uh, you know, completely improvised play, but it was, it was forced by, um, you know, Golinski sort of getting beat there and Russell having to, having to run for his life. And, uh, that's you know that's not a sustainable, um, uh, not something you can count on every single game, every single week. They do need to uh, play a little bit better up front. Um, you're right. Uh, Tennessee's line looks, you know, the Tennessee has taken two guys the last few years The Seahawks fans really want it. Taylor one and, and Jack Conklin, and uh, Seattle's, uh, Seattle has highly drafted tackles of its own, and Jermaine Effetti and Riso DiAmbo. Effetti, you know, uh, people forget, but he was taken in the first round. Everybody always says the Seahawks don't spend any, spend any, um, you know, in, invest at all on their offensive line, but they took Fetty in the first round and, and Riso DiAmbo in the third last year, and, and so those are their two starting tackles right now, and um they need those guys to really play well and uh you know uh um i think the jury is obviously still hugely out on how well uh, those guys have done that and can play but i think that's going to be the really big thing uh, you know going forward I, I don't know that they have you know unlike at guard where they sort of have an obvious option here with uh Riso DiAmbo to uh, to sort of throw in there. They um you know at tackle it's either those two guys or it's you know it's really reaching to try to find some some guys who basically never played before to replace them. So um, you know they really need those guys to play well, and this will be a good test to that with Tennessee's three four.
2: Yeah, and with with, uh, the Titans, I I find sometimes that the back end of the defense can be an issue for them, uh, holding up in coverage, but they do get a lot of pressure with their linebackers as well, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo. So it's going to be a good test for the Seattle uh, offensive line, who against the Packers uh, really did struggle and uh, had a few struggles last week, but knocking up was against as stiff a competition. So true... Two weeks, Russell Wilson hasn't had the kind of start that he wanted, but still, uh, you know, 37 uh, pass completions out of 66 attempts, 356 yards, and a touchdown. He's picked up 74 yards on the ground, which you do expect from those scrambling. But overall, with uh, Russell Wilson, for the, the listeners out there who haven't got a chance to dive into the tape of the Seahawks, uh, what have you thought of his uh, start to the season?
1: Um, yeah, he's probably played to about, i say a B minus level. Um, you know, the running has been huge. I mean, that's, that's really helped him. And I think going forward, I think as Russell gets a little bit you know, he had the injuries last year, starting with the first game of the season, that made it really hard for him to run to the same level, and that impacted everything. I, I think uh, because of that, you know, I think he's, I think he's trying more than ever to be fairly cautious in picking and choosing when he does run. And you saw last week; he really didn't run at all until they were behind nine to six in the fourth quarter, and and it was sort of all bets off. And and he had 27 yards on four carries in the drive that, that and the and the and, and you know then as I was saying earlier had had sort of the big scramble past to Paul Richardson to to win the game there for him. So you know when they needed it he, uh, he went to it. Um, you know, I, I think that always, that always begs the question, why don't you just do it all game? But you know, if you have your quarterback running 25 times a game, he's inevitably going to take hits and get beat up. And, you know, they're trying to avoid that, especially this early in the season, but, um, you know, he may need to be a little bit more aggressive running the ball earlier in games to just, if nothing else, loosen up the defense a little bit. Um, he, he you know, he's missed some throws the last couple games. There's been some concern about that, uh, you know, the fact that he's been under constant pressure, I think, has, has led to some of that. You know, there was sort of the the big, the big pass that, you know, sort of looked like he overthrew it against Green Bay. But he was also just about to get hit by Mike Daniels when he threw it. So, uh, you know, elite quarterbacks do make those throws and he probably and he needs to make a few more of those. But, uh, you know, the, the drops he had two touchdown passes essentially dropped in the first half last week. If, if those are caught and they are touchdowns then his line looks, uh, his line and passer rating looks, uh, you know, incredibly better. And, uh, and people probably aren't even really talking about Russell a whole lot. So that's what I'm saying. I, you know, it's, he, he certainly could make some, uh, certainly there's about four or five throws he could have made better, but there's about four or five throws he could have been helped on by his teammates better as well. So, um, you know, I think his numbers sort of accurately re- reflect where the entire passing game has been so far, that it's just not been quite what they needed to be and what they may need it to be this week against Tennessee.
2: Yeah, and through those first two games, you mentioned the defense have uh, been very strong. They've allowed uh, just 13 points a game over the, those two games. The Titans in the first game did struggle a little bit against Oakland, but last week against the Jaguars, uh, they really uh, did uh, romp up the score there. So you mentioned there with Wilson maybe running a little bit earlier in games. I think you know the first quarter here, it's important that they uh, keep it nice and close because the, the offense just has been struggling. And One of the main reasons for the offense struggling has been kind of the, the conundrum at running back Chris Carson is leading the team in rushing he came in kind of as a as an season kind of sleeper though he was coming in under the radar and as the preseason picked up he uh got a little bit more uh publicized uh you know kind of news columns and so on but Eddie Lacy, a healthy scratch last week he really struggled against the Packers in the week one as well uh with Lacy, uh obviously do you think uh you know Lacy's time in uh, Seattle is just going to come to an abrupt end after signing this off season?
1: Well, there's no reason. There's no financial incentive for releasing him. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if they just decided it's better not to have him, but uh, there's zero advantage to not have him around. Um, They can they can save whatever money. Um, basically, they don't save anything by releasing him, but there's a you know there's an active roster bonus there of sixty-two thousand essentially per game, and so they can just have him not be active and save and save whatever money you would save by releasing him. That's that's basically the only thing you save by releasing him is not having to pay the active roster bonus. He's probably at this point not you know the, there's heavy, heavy incentives on rushing for a thousand yards and stuff like that, which at this point he's probably not going to do um, uh, regardless. So well you know just i two games in and yeah he has three yards. So uh, but just speaking realistically there. Um, so it, you're right. I mean, Carson, you know, what's changed. Everybody's like, well, what, what happened? Well, what happened is they signed Eddie Lacey in March when they didn't know they were going to draft Chris Carson and uh, they since drafted Chris Carson and they do really like him and, and he's played really well. And uh, so, uh, you know, he has sort of emerged as their top running back so far. And uh, uh, this is how NFL teams go. You acquire guys when you have the opportunity to acquire them. And then you put your team together in August and sort of see where it all sorts out. And, uh, right now, Eddie Lacey is, or, um, uh, uh, you know, he did get to start week one with Thomas Rawls being out and Carson being a rookie. And I don't think they wanted to throw that on him immediately. Uh, but you know, Chris Carson, I would imagine would be the first tailback back this week. And, and we'll see what's of you know, if they've had both Rawls and, and Lacey active behind him or, or how that sorts itself out. But, uh, um, you know, injuries are always a big thing. Uh, both Rawls and Carson have injury histories, and and I, I think this team feels like at some point they're probably going to need Eddie Lacey. I, I I still would be shocked if if the if they released him anytime soon. I, I still think they feel like they've got three tailbacks, and and you know most teams need more than one tailback. We were just talking about Murray and. And, uh, Derek Henry, I mean, Derek, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray has suddenly hurt for, for them The tweak tailbacks tend to get, tend to get, uh, banged up in, in the NFL when you are playing 16 games in 17 weeks. So, um, you know, I think they'll, uh, I think it probably is going to be a little bit of a week to week thing that doesn't help uh, fantasy fans at all. I know that frustrates them, but, um, but, uh, you know, the Seahawks are more concerned with winning games on Sunday and trying to do what they need that way. And, uh. You know, so we'll be interested to see uh, which three they sort of go with, or if they really have all of them uh, have all of them active this this week. Uh, Pete Carroll said that would be ruled out, and uh, that they could do go that route as well. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think it probably is going to take a few more weeks to sort this thing out. And uh, I, I think for now, I think that's that's how they would go with that too. I think they would want to see more from from uh, Chris Carson before they really, you know, decided that he for sure is the guy, and, and they don't need one of the other two guys around.
2: Yeah, and uh, probably said abrupt end was it. Might have been the it might have been the the wrong words to use. I kind of meant that uh, if, uh, bar for seeing an injury, I thought that as uh, you know as weekly uh, performances for the Seahawks might be limited. But uh, with Rawls and Procyse, I've been surprised at how limited they've been, particularly Procise, So I thought would have that third down role. How do you see for the the rest of the season or the next two to three weeks? How do you see that shaking out uh, with Procyse and uh, Thomas Rawls? Well I think he has had it. He just has't you know he he's one of the ones he dropped two passes last week. He dropped a touchdown
1: pass and he dropped another that on a third down that if he catches it looks like there's a ton of space i mean if he has two more catches for a touchdown and maybe forty more yards or something like that. On his ledger, you'd probably be saying that they really got C.J. Prozice involved last week. Um, you know, so some of this falls on the player to sort of make the plays that, that are available for him. So, um, you, know, he, he, I, I, you know, he played quite a bit last week. I mean, in, in that third down and two-minute back role, and he did the first week as well against Green Bay. So I think that's still his role. And uh, I think they, they want to, I think they pretty much want to keep him to that role. I think they feel mm-hmm. like that is the best. The best role for him, uh, the best route, the best way to go with him, and uh, so I think that's, I think that is going to be what, what his role will be going forward.
2: And uh, then when you look at this team, obviously over the last, basically since Pete Carroll's been the head coach, they have a 114-80 record. But what has been impressive is uh, their Super Bowl appearances. You know, back-to-back years, they've won at least ten games in five consecutive seasons, admitted to the divisional round of the playoffs six of the seven seasons that he's been there. So it's been uh, pretty much, uh, you know, constant. Uh, consistency there for the Seattle Seahawks. This year, I'd expect them to be a contender once again, but I guess we have to look at this week and what we expect to happen in Week 3. I think that uh, Tennessee's pass rush is going to put a little bit more pressure again on Wilson this week. I think that offensive line continues to be uh, kind of the the Achilles heel for the Seattle Seahawks team and I think the the Titans will uh, win a kind of a a low scoring game I think probably in the range of uh, probably 20 to 17 do you see the Seahawks being able to go on the road I've always been concerned uh, in the time that Pete Carroll has been there with the Seahawks although uh, in Seattle they have been extremely dominant and rarely lose at home on the road it's been a a different situation for them and they, they sometimes struggle on the road how do you see them faring in week three? Well,
1: is there any team that doesn't play worse on the road than at home? I mean, I well, think everything plays that. better at home, yeah. which <laughs> means the road teams. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I don't think it's a Pete Carroll Seahawks thing. I think it's just more difficult for everybody to do that. So um, you're right. Yeah, this is going to be a tough test for them. Um, they, uh, uh, I, I see it pretty similarly. I think it would could be a pr- fairly low scoring game, and the Tennessee easily could could pull this one out. Um, you know, I think they're I think they're uh, favored for for sort of all the all the logical reasons that we discussed earlier. And 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 you're right. I think uh, they're their pass rush is certainly going to be, yeah. um, you know, that's probably going to be the key matchup of the game. And it's such an obvious one uh- um, it's probably easy to overlook some other ones, but, but no doubt, uh, you know, the Seahawks offensive line has just not played real well so far. And so, uh, you know, on the road, that's even harder because it's harder to communicate. Uh, you know, the crowd starts, starts yelling and screaming and, and, you know, you just, you sort of have more missed assignments on the road, typically as an offense and Tennessee's defense is sort of designed to try to do that. You know, they try to do some things to trick you and not know where guys are coming from. Um, you know, Herzog players talk this week about, you know, seeing Tennessee on on film and they basically have three defensive tackles lined up over one guy and, you know, they're trying to make it so that the linemen don't know who to block and, and someone just ends up uh, running free. And uh, all that stuff is easier to do when you're the defense playing at home with the crowd sort of cheering behind you and all that. So uh, it is going to be tough that way. And uh, the Seahawks are going to have to, you know, what they can't do offensively is make the mistakes they did last week. Uh, you know, as I said, they they had a few plays they could have made—a uh, uh, pro size stop and what might have been a touchdown, Tanner McEvoy dropping what might have been a touchdown. This week, if they get those kind of opportunities, um, they they got to cast those passes. They got to make the throws. Uh, and all that because on the road they're probably not going to get as many
2: chances and uh, obviously bob there's been a lot of great information that you've provided us with there over the last 15-20 uh, minutes and uh, i really do appreciate the time jumping aboard the podcast uh, for the listeners you can follow bob on twitter at beacon and uh, bob it's been a pleasure thank you talk to you anytime That was Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at B. If you want to stay on top of all the Seahawks news throughout the season, no better place to find that. And uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter. In just a moment, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what I discussed there with Bob. I'm going to use some of the roto apps to talk a little bit more about it from a fantasy perspective so you see who I think could uh, be in for a big week this week. If you listen to last week's show, I did touch on Chris Hogan a number of times. I was very big on his opportunity last week. uh, So uh, that worked out for me. So let's see in just a moment who I talk about using those rotavis.com apps. My opinion, they are the best in the business if you're looking for fantasy football apps and there's no better time to sign up. It is week three of the season. Maybe your teams have started well. Maybe you're looking to keep that advantage up. Maybe your teams haven't started well and you're looking to see how you can get the edge this week in your fantasy football matchup. So you can sign up for a RotoViz NFL pass, which you can get now for a 30% discount just for listening to the podcast. We give you an extra 30% off. It is for listeners of the podcast only and is available through the NFL podcast homepage, RotoViz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription will give you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it supports the pod. So be sure to get your 30% discount now at rotowiz.com forward slash podcast. Bob did kind of pull me up on the, the home road split comment, but I think it uh, is a fair comment. Mainly, not defensively for the Seahawks, but the offense at, ten, at times has uh, struggled on the road, in my opinion, over the last couple of seasons. they just don't think they're as productive uh, you know, when they lose that home field advantage. But I know uh, what he was saying, and all teams do tend to struggle on the road in the NFL going to start looking into the game now using those rotaviz.com apps to look at players that I think could be values in this game heading into this week and I think could be values in your fantasy leagues this week one of the fantasy leagues that I play in and going to be playing in this week yet again is draft it is something that I got into playing in the preseason. is one week uh, fantasy football combining all the best of DFS redraft and best ball really so you go in you draft your snake draft the same as a redraft league Then Draft picks uh, the teams based on the best ball format at the end of the game, which players score the most points for you, slots them into that format and then just like DFS, whoever wins at the end of the the week's slate of games uh, gets to pick up the prize. So it's as simple as that. If you want to join in, just go to the App Store and search for Draft. You can download the app and play in minutes or play directly on your computer from playdraft.com. And you can draft whenever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you must use my promo code RVRADIO. You can play for real money just with that first deposit and that promo code RVRADIO. So uh, get in, get involved and uh, get playing on draft. No salary caps, playing real life snake drafts. Just like you play with your friends in a season-long league, but you do it just for that one day. Maybe week one and week two, didn't go all that well for you, and you're not thinking your teams are going to do well for the rest of the season. Well, draft is a nice option there to uh, go and get a one-week boost in your fantasy football confidence and get yourself a win and win some cash. So that is playdraft.com or draft in the app store and use that promo code rvradio So this week as we jump into the games, I'm going to be using the snap report to uh, work out what players uh, I think are values this week. We're going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks running backs situation. is very hard to trust anyone. Last week we see kind of a, a pretty much a game of uh, of uh, limited snaps for two running backs and then uh, kind of a healthy workload for the other two. Thomas Rawls working his way back from that ankle injury. we uh, got five carries last week. Hasn't looked himself really for over about a year and a half. Had a nice uh, rookie year when Marshawn Lynch was injured but He's pretty much unplayable in fantasy now, so uh, I'm setting him as he works back from that injury. We'll see what happens later in the season. Eddie Lacy, likewise, can't play him if he's not even on the field for the Seahawks. CJ Procise, you know, he he hasn't looked as good as I expected him to look at the start of the season, but he has locked down, as Bob mentioned, that third down roll in the passing game, and last week, as he mentioned, he could have had a touchdown, so if he has that, we're talking about him in a different light. He's kind of a, a deeper league flex play in PPR, so... He has that third down role unless you're stuck. I can't start him with confidence this week. The player I would be starting with a little bit of confidence is Chris Carson. He looks pretty much like the real deal he played in preseason. Looked like um, he he had some nice moves there and then you always wait to week one, see if that translates into the regular season. Had a nice game, uh, well the best game out of the the running back stable here for the Seahawks against the Packers and then last week uh, pretty pretty solid uh, performance overall by him. So He is a solid flex play this week. And if you're stuck, I think you could slot him in as that RB2. Looking at the snap report, Chris Carson. Week 1, 53% of the snaps. And last week that bumped up to 64% of the snaps. CJ Pro 32% week 1. And uh, similar last week, 33.4%. So I think we'll see similar workload this week for them. Thomas Rawls will get a couple of snaps rolled in there. But uh, out of them all, it is Chris Carson is the only one of those you can start. Then on the wide receivers for the Seahawks, you have Doug Baldwin. Historically, he has been quite on the road, as I mentioned. But he is Russell Wilson's favorite target in this offense. He always racks up a high percentage of snaps pretty much averaging uh, around that 90% over the first two weeks he had uh, 87.8% last week so he always gets that and uh, he is the player and that's short to intermediate range that uh, Russell Wilson likes to find and particularly if you're in PPR leagues you're starting Doug Baldwin. I pretty much think you're starting Doug Baldwin no matter what the format is uh, even though he is on the road Baldwin as a start. Tyler Lockett uh, is looking a little bit fresher than he has uh, he's obviously working his way back from that leg injury but last week a few nice catches for him but I still can't play him uh, with any confidence. Um, I I would just be setting him in all formats until we see a little bit more this week. Paul Richardson has started the season as that number two uh, wide receiver for the team and he is a deep threat for the Seahawks but the Titans this season so far haven't given up a completion of more than 25 yards to a receiver this season so I think you have to kind of pretty much set him on the bench too. Jimmy Graham has that knee and ankle injury and Although he did practice in a limited fashion, it's uh, unlikely in my opinion, and of, I think Bob touched on it there as well, unlikely he'll play. Luke Wilson, and uh, not talking about the actor here, Luke Wilson caught three passes for 25 yards last week when Graham was dealing with those injuries. Unless you're uh, really, really stuck in a spot in a, a deep league that you can't get a tight end, you could throw him in there as a kind of what-the-heck flex uh, option, but unless he gets a touchdown, I think you're going to be pretty much stuck. So it's going to be, it's like, you know, you start Wilson, obviously, could be a quiet week all around for the the Seahawks. I think they'll try and spread it around, but Doug Baldwin, Carson, Wilson, uh, I think those are the ones that uh, you start this week for the Seahawks. Moving on now to the Titans. Anyone that listens to any of my podcasts, particularly the OTI podcast, will know that I'm a big fan of Marcus Mariota ever since he came into the league. I own him in a lot of my leagues. Uh, obviously picks up those yards on the ground, very efficient in the air. Through the first two weeks of the season, working his way back from that injury, there's been you know some some nice blasts some uh, not so nice moments as well. But I do think he's been a lot better through the first two weeks of the season than uh, some people have uh, recognised. Uh, some inaccurate passes at times, but he's moving the chains. He's you know able to get out of situations. A bit like Russell Wilson, a bit like Aaron Rodgers with his mobility. It just hasn't translated yet for fantasy football. He is the QB 13 through two weeks. I think this week, obviously, it's going to be tough. The Seattle Seahawks has given up the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterback position over the first two weeks. But obviously, one of those was Aaron Rodgers, but the other one was Brian Hoyer. So uh, that there could be down to that. So we'll see what uh, Mariota does. I'm still starting him, even though it is against the Seahawks. I'm starting him this week, and I think he picks up some of those yards on the ground as he scrambles. Looking at the running back situation, Demarco Murray has that hamstring injury. I'm always concerned about hamstring injuries, particularly uh, with the skill position players. And if you're looking at running backs as well, so if he if he does play, and uh, you know we've seen kind of a switch in the snaps from what we've seen in week one last week with uh, the uh, Titans running backs through that injury more so than anything, I believe. We've seen in week one 73.4% of the snaps going the way of DeMarco Murray to that 28.1% off Derrick Henry. That basically flip-flopped in week two. Henry with a nice game there. He did have an opportunity for a touchdown vultured away by Delaney Walker on a rushing touchdown, which I believe was the first of Walker's career. So I think uh, we'll see Derrick Henry get again the majority of the workload. It is tough going up against that Seattle defense who is very, very uh, tough against opposing running backs. But they did over-pursue on a few plays last week with Hyde, and he broke up a couple of plays. I think we'll see Henry maybe get an opportunity in close to the goal line to do it as well. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. I think Murray, uh, they'll kind of work him back slowly as he comes back from that hamstring tweak. So Henry, if you are uh, in a league and you need to play him, I think you play him as a flex, but if you do need to slot him in as that RB2, that is uh, also something that I'm I might do in a couple of leagues. Corey Davis is out for this week's game and looking at the snaps over the first two weeks of the season obviously got injured last week but he did play 65.6% in week one and uh, Richard Matthews 81.2% week one the same last week uh, 84% for him and then we had Eric Decker 93.8% week one and uh, that there going to 89% last week. So I think it case with Corey Davis out. I think it's going to be the same two wide receivers getting just uh, the same amount of snaps, probably. Probably not a huge uptick in snaps. I think we'll see Decker play more on the inside as he has been doing close to the slot position. I think we'll see Matthews playing on the outside as he has been. The interesting thing with Matthews is if he plays on the left side of the offensive uh, unit it looks like that he'll not draw coverage from Richard Sherman who stays on the left side of the defense so I think we'll see an opportunity there for Matthews if he does tend to go out on the left hand side to pick up some uh, nice targets there from Marcus Mariota I think Matthews like when I mentioned last week with Chris Hogan who was my player of the week last week for the draft leagues I think Richard Matthews is my player of the week this year if you're in drafts I think people will see him going up against the Seahawks think of it as that really tough defensive matchup which it is but while they're on the road while he will avoid Richard Sherman on a number of occasions I think Matthews is going to be a value this week as people might shy away from him and I think a lot of folks out there still don't really know that the talent is there for Matthews played with the Dolphins moved over to the Titans last year, had a, a solid year, and I think uh, this year's going to be another solid year for them. So Derek Decker, you know, touchdown. He needs to get in that end zone, working his way back from those uh, offseason surgeries or last-season surgeries while he was with the Jets. Uh, Matthews is my player there, and then, of course, Delaney Walker at the tight end position. John o. Smith had a couple of nice grabs last week, but Walker is the only man at the tight end position you can start. So in this game, there's going to be a limited amount of fantasy points. I mentioned my score prediction of 20 to 17 to the Titans. So not going to be very, very high scoring. So that kind of limited the possibility. So maybe not the best uh, fantasy bonanza. I mentioned it on last week's show, obviously, you know, the, the, we had the Patriots and the Saints. That was a fantasy bonanza written all over it. And it kind of turned out to be that way. So we'll see. We'll see how this one develops. But uh, a few of the guys there that I mentioned, uh, I'll be starting with confidence. But the one that I, I think could be the big value this week and will be in my draft lineups is Richard Matthews. So that's going to do us for this week's edition of the Fantasy Football Beat. I'm Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Enjoy week three and have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Road of Fantasy Football Beat. Please rate and review the Road of Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Contact us via email at roadofisradio at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a thirty percent discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
2: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, Only on Showtime.